Hello, my intentional mom friends. You're listening to the Practically Speaking Mom podcast. I am Val Harrison, the Practically Speaking Mom, and your friend on this journey of motherhood. So thankful that you are here. Today, we will be talking about a game plan for summertime to make it meaningful for our kids, but cutting down on the stress and the nagging for you. We're also going to talk about a book that I'm reading with Emma right now and a vacation that we recently took. We went to the Grand Canyon, the Petrified Forest, Horseshoe Bend, and Antelope Canyon, the Cliff Dwellings of Mesa Verde, and the Great Sand Dunes. So we'll talk about that at the end of today's podcast. The main focus of what I want to do today is to talk to you about something that I call grow time before screen time. This is our summer checklist for what to do before you even ask if you can get on a screen. When summer first comes, we have been so busy with May. May is a crazy month. Is it crazy for you? It seems like it always is every year for us. So a little bit at the beginning of June, I just like us to be able to decompress. No agendas, no checklists, no schedule, just full out decompressing. But then... After that, while I would love to continue just a restful time and not feeling the pressure of any responsibilities and checklists and things, what I found with my kids is they really need some structure to their day or they are not behaving well. It affects their attitude and their actions start getting less good. And I start dealing with more trouble with them. And so then I have to be, you know, bad guy mom. And I don't enjoy doing that. So what I have found is that a checklist, a summer checklist is so helpful for them. So what I would encourage you to do is start by letting them pick out a fun notebook at the store. Just go to Dollar Tree or wherever you like to shop and let them pick out a notebook for them. We're going to use that notebook in this checklist. You could put a picture of you guys's grow time before screen time checklist on your fridge, for example. I will have a picture for you that you can use my list if you want to, but hopefully my list at least will inspire you and what you want your list to be. This picture will be in my Intentional Mom Strong Family Facebook group, so you can get on there and look or it will also come in an email to you if you are on my email list. I send out an email most weeks containing the podcast. If I wrote a blog post, it's there, and some other helpful resources if they go along with that week. In this week's, you will find this checklist of grow time before screen time as well. This is a list of 10 ways for your kids to grow every day before they ask for screen time. Now, these items on this checklist are based on the verse that I use with you guys so much, Luke 2.52, about Jesus's boyhood growing up. It says Jesus grew in four ways. Jesus grew in wisdom, stature, favor with God, and favor with man. And I use that as my four areas of life that I want to be helping my kids to be growing all the time. Those four areas are spiritual mental, physical, and relational or social, okay? So my checklist for them daily for the summer includes some things from each of those areas of life. So what I'm doing is I'm helping them get in the habit of healthy life balance, 
I'm helping them get in the habit of monitoring growth in the four main areas of life. I'm getting them in the habit of them being self-disciplined in these things instead of the monkey being on your back to make sure it gets done. You know, if I just verbally was telling them to do these 10 things every day, then it creates a scenario where I'm nagging them and where I'm feeling pressure to keep on them and they're feeling pressure from me, which is hard on our relationship. So instead, I let the checklist be their guide. And that helps our relationship be freed up to focus on more growth things, bonding things, enjoyable aspects of life instead of nagging. And it also puts the monkey on their back to be self-disciplined with the areas of their life. So I love checklists. Let's talk about what's on my summer checklist for the kiddos. The first thing is their God time, their devotions. Maybe you have a devotional book that they're using right now, or maybe they read some of the Bible every day. Maybe they listen to the Bible because they're not old enough to read yet. There's free Bible apps that you guys can get for that. Maybe they're listening to the Bible while they're looking at a picture Bible. Lots of ways for them to do devotions, but the first thing on their checklist is their God time. And then the second thing on our checklist is about people time or their social growth. So the first thing with that, which is the second thing on the list, (laughs) sorry to be confusing, do something kind for a family member. In their journal that their notebook is for, they can just put down a person's name from the family and what they did for that family member. Bonus if the family member doesn't even know who did it. That's pretty fun too. But this is helping your kids learn to be a blessing and invest in other people. What are some things they could do for family members? They could make a bed. They could put a piece of candy or treat on their pillow. They could give them a little note. They could put a flower in a vase on their nightstand. There's just so many different things they could do. Then the next thing is also another social or relational development thing, and that is to find a way to encourage someone outside the family. So that could be calling grandma. It could be mailing a card to someone. It could be taking some flowers to the neighbor if the kids get permission to do that, or asking the neighbor, is there some yard work you need help with? Learning to invest in others and be a blessing just because. Okay, now we're ready for some other aspects. So that was our God time, growing spiritually, and then it was relationship or social development. And now we're on some mental things. The first one is write in your journal. That's the notebook that you just got for them. Creative writing is so great for mental development, and it also is great for helping them become a good writer. They need some time on a regular basis where they're not worried about spelling, they're not worried about the right punctuation, or they're not worried about the right grammar. They are just free thinking, creative writing. And this helps them learn to not stifle their writing skills. It gets them more comfortable with words and creating. And once they have that comfort level down, then we can start adding in their skills on grammar and and all that. But even then, even when you're teaching them grammar, when they're learning it in another school source, if not from you, even then, they need to have some regular time 
in their life every week that is creative, free-for-all writing without limits. That's their first mental activity for the day is write in their journal. The second one is to add to their grateful list. Let them make a list on one of their journal pages that is just a gratitude or thankfulness list. That is helping them to focus their mind on the good things that God has given us in life. This helps us stay a little less in the gloomies. It definitely helps us to develop a mindset of thankfulness and gratitude. And so this is our second item for the mental growth daily. The next thing in our mental growth, read two pages for every year you've been alive. My youngest is 12, so she should read 24 pages before she asks for screen time. And she can just write on the bottom of her journal page that she read page this to this and whatever book she's reading right now. The next thing that is on the mental list this year is not on Emma's list. She just graduated out of this item, but all the years before that, it was on the checklist, and that is do math practice for twice as many minutes as you are years. So if they were seven, they would do this for 14 minutes. I keep a math manipulatives basket, and in that basket is just different things I found at garage sales. Even you can get on Pinterest and look up multiplication memorization, and it has a ton of different ideas you can do. It'll say, get some Uno cards and use them this way, for example. So then I you put some Uno cards in there, or I've gotten ideas off of Pinterest that was using popsicle sticks and having them write their multiplication tables on the popsicle sticks and using those as little flashcards in there. So I have a little Ziploc of those. There's lots of different ideas you can get on Pinterest. And then there's a website called Rainbow Resources that is awesome for educational supplies at good prices. They have a huge selection. I don't get any compensation for telling you about this. I've just, it's a resource that I've used a lot. And I think you'll find it incredibly helpful in finding quality books for your kids to read, just leisure reading, or tons of educational books and then tons of educational hands-on items as well, and educational games. It's just a great website. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. So I keep a math manipulatives basket, and they spend some time every day in that on their math facts, whether it's addition or subtraction or multiplication or division. And once they have all of those memorized, then that math basket goes away for them. They're, they've graduated from it. They're done with it. So Emma doesn't have that on her checklist this year. Alrighty. Last thing in the mental development for the day, and that is discover new information about science or history or geography or any category of life and add that fact to our discovery notebook to share at dinner. So you could keep a little notebook on your table or they could write their fact at the bottom of their journal page. So then they're going to have a fun little journal or diary of what their summer was like for them by having all of that written in there. So we did spiritual growth for the day. We did social growth for the day. We did mental growth for the day. And now we're going to do physical growth for the day. Maybe you have some goal that they're working on, like learning to drink enough water or eating vegetables at two meals a day or whatever kind of goal like that you might have. But the basic goal that I have for grow time before screen time is to exercise and play outside. 
Maybe they jump on the trampoline or they ride their bike or they play Foursquare or do hopscotch or jump rope or roller skates or they build something outside. Emma's today, what I had her do was build a new compost pot for me. The first layer, she put some twigs in there and then she put some leaves and then she got a shovel to put some dirt in there. And then we have a bucket we keep in the garage of ashes. She added some ashes next and then another layer of dirt. And so now that pot is ready for us to have as our compost pot. And so when I have used tea bags or coffee grounds or veggie scraps or rinsed or boiled eggshells are great to add to the compost. Then once a week, add another layer of soil, thin layer of soil. And Emma, if she finds some worms in the yard, she'll add some worms to it every week. This becomes this rich soil then that we can use when we're planting things. I stumbled upon this last aspect of our compost pot. When I had a full compost pot this one time, I put some clippings from a plant that I was just trimming up the plant and put those on there. And also some of my compost veggie stuff was the end of a couple of lettuces and some radishes scraps. Anyway, these things begin to grow in the top of it. So now I have this really cute pot of flowering plants along with lettuce and radishes are growing right now. So I didn't want to stop that cuteness. So it was time to start a new compost pot. So that is what Emma did today for her outside activity time. I hope that this list of 10 items is beneficial to you to help keep your kids growing every day, but still freeing you up to not have to be a nag about all the things they should be doing before they ask for screen time. Oh, I want to tell you about something else I did for screen time. We got back this weekend from a baby dedication for our granddaughter. It was a wonderful weekend. When we got back, I was like, Emma, take your notebook, go outside for a little bit and come back with a written proposal for me of what you would like screen time to look like for the weeks in summer. Like how much time can you spend watching TV shows and movies? How much time on video games? How much time, and you can present this to me as daily or weekly, either one. And how much time on my phone, I let her have messenger kids and some group me conversations and the Bible app that she is on my phone. So I'm there being able to see what's going on. And it's so much more monitored than if it was on a phone for herself. And then I also have one thing that she's following on Instagram. Her close, one of her close friends is on a year long trip around the world with their family. They saved for years to make this happen. And I mean, it took a lot of orchestration to get all the pieces in place, but they are literally traveling the world for a year. They have an Instagram account that you can follow if you'd like to follow along called Under the Sycamore. That is my friend and her daughter is Emma's close friend. And you feel free to follow them. But Emma definitely likes to see how their family is doing and what they're going to see. So how much time can she spend on all of those every week? I wanted her to bring a proposal to me. Then we took that proposal and we discussed and we came up with a plan for her that these are your limits on screen time for the week. 
Now, why would I have her make the proposal? Well, one, it's teaching her some social skills, some negotiation skills, and how do you do that respectfully and humbly and and truly trying to identify what is the best plan, us working together to come up with what the best plan is. Something I like about them making proposals to me also is I have found if I give them that task, then what they do is they bring me a much more balanced recommendation for their life than if they were just asking me throughout the day, can I watch this? Can I do this? Can I play this game? They are so much more balanced in their request when it comes formally like that. So that tempers a lot of excess, just that alone. But then secondly, it helps me know where they're at, you know, what matters to them, what's important to them, what they value. And that also helps save me time. If I'm trying to figure out what should the limits be about screen time? Well, if I know where they're at, what they want, what they value, then that's very helpful information to me. And it saved me time from having to come up with a plan. So there's lots of reasons why I really like to have kids do proposals when possible on different issues that come up. Okay, I want to tell you a book that Emma and I are going through for the summer called Girl Defined. I have not made it all the way through this book, so I cannot tell you what age of girl that I think this is for, but Emma's about to turn 13. And in those teen years, she's going to come across pretty much all different aspects of the world in its goodness and its ugliness. And I want her to know that this is a relationship where she can talk about anything. So this book will probably cover things that are beyond her years, but I want to start those conversations now. For some of you in in your situations, maybe you need to start those conversations earlier than that even. So it's Girl Defined, God's Radical Design for Beauty, Femininity, and Identity. It's by Kristen Clark and Bethany Baird, B-A-I-R-D. I don't know if I'm saying her last name right. They have a podcast called Girl Defined that I listen to frequently and my daughter, Abby, who you've met on the podcast several times, who is leaving for college in the fall, she listens to their podcast. And it's been just fabulous. They will talk about anything on there. I will say that. And it's a podcast for adult women. And I'd say teens and older. They'll talk about anything on there. But I have found them to be very reliable and always having the filter of God's word through everything that they say. And they are really helping us as women to look from the perspective of our creator, God, who loves us and his design for our lives. It's really a great podcast. So I anticipate this book to be the same. I will also tell you that Abby and I have had a conversation about this book, Girl Defined, that will be a future podcast. We have three books about womanhood. (laughs) So that will be upcoming on the podcast as well. Let me just tell you from page 21 of the Girl Defined book, and the name of this chapter, by the way, is Bullied by the Big Bad Checklist. (laughs) And so it's a chapter on the world's view of what female is versus God's design. And so on page 21, it says, throughout the pages of this book, you will discover why God created the female gender, what your purpose is as a woman, how to obtain lasting worth, what true beauty looks like, how to apply femininity to your romantic relationships, 
what God's idea of a working woman looks like, and how to leave behind a lasting legacy that doesn't fade with time. So mamas, you might want to read this book and then decide if you want to go through it with your daughter. And I'm going to share two more quick goals for this summer that I have with my youngest. Right now I am praying about, God, who do you want to be a mentee of Emma's? Somebody a little younger that Emma can start pouring into being an influence in that person's life, in their godliness, and in their spiritual walk, and their spiritual growth, physical growth, mental growth, and social growth. Who will she be pouring into? There is a great thing that God designed in mentoring. And we see mentoring throughout scripture, and he calls women to be mentors and to get mentors. This is a practice that I've loved my kids to have in their minds. Who can I be influencing and who do I want influencing me? So right now I'm praying for God, who do you want Emma to influence? What mentee do you want her to have in her life? And God's going to lay, I no doubt, he will lay someone's name on my heart, and then I will start connecting with that mom and seeing if that is something she would like for her daughter to have maybe a once a month time with Emma. And then I'm also praying about who are some key peers that I would like Emma to have in her life Who are peers in her life right now that are influences that are positive towards good and growth? And I want to encourage those relationships. So I'm praying about that. And then I will contact some of those moms and see if we can have some mother-daughter times together, maybe once a month also for a few months until that relationship is really solidified. Because if Emma is at a friend's house, then no doubt through these teen years, there will probably be some conversations that happen with those moms. And those moms will be someone that I'll be so thankful that if she's not talking to me about something, that she might be getting some truth and some guidance from good mamas. And so I'm going to be intentional about trying to create some of those relationships for her peer relationships that I'm really being focused on. It's just I'm being very aware of who the moms are of those peer relationships. And then finally, I also really love to have mentors for my teenage kids, which we mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago. I think it was episode 147 in the first week on Raising Sons. Our guest, Amy Kuzmal, mentioned the importance of mentors for teens in that episode. And so that's something that I already have in place for Emma, and I'm so thankful for, she has two mom mentors and one young adult female mentor. And I'm so very thankful for those influences in her life besides her four sisters, three sisters and one sister-in-law. All right, we're going to wrap up by telling you about our family vacation in case you might be interested in going to some of those places as well. I've got Emma on here to help us talk about our family vacation, which was first sparked by the new game that we got. Emma, what was that game? It was called Trekking the National Parks. Yeah, it was fun to just see all the different national parks throughout the U.S. that we have never been to, and we got all inspired to go to a bunch of them for this family vacation. I would definitely encourage people, order a National Parks entrance pass, Before you take a trip like this, we saved so much money and time by having that pass. 
Okay, so the first place we went was the Petrified Forest. What would you like to say about that? Um, well, it was it was kind of the Petrified Forest and the Painted Desert combined, but we really spent more time at the Painted Desert, which, I mean, it was really cool, but at the time, I thought, you know, that the Grand Canyon was just going to be like a replica of that, but it was not. Right. The Grand Canyon was amazing. Yeah. And the Petrified Forest Painted Desert was just, meh, okay. <laughs> so if we were going to cut something from our trip, it would have been that stop. At the Grand Canyon, what do you want to say about that? Okay, so we we hiked the south rim of it, and there were some parts of it that, like, if you didn't have your footing, then you would fall into it, and it was really cool. I do not think that is cool. <laughs> I looked into it ahead of time before we went, and actually there are people who die every year falling in the Grand Canyon, so you really do want to be careful about that. And I was glad that our four and five year old grandsons weren't there. I would have been so scared the whole time if they were. But there was this one time that it was that the path was like two and a half feet wide. And on our left side, there was a hill going up. And on our right side, there was a hill going down into the canyon. And we we passed this couple that had a baby. And so we had to pass them at in like two and a half feet of path. And, like, a very steep cliff on, on the side of us. The baby was in a backpack. Yeah. Kind of, like, on their back. Yeah, it was really fun. Okay. So, the Grand Canyon was completely more amazing than all of us expected. I was sort of thinking, okay, I'm going to see it for five minutes and then be, all right, we've seen it. Let's move on. But it was way more amazing than that. Then we drove to Horseshoe Bend at Antelope Canyon. I will give a little side note here that we told the kids we'll eat dinner after we leave the Grand Canyon. And we drove all the way to the other canyon and there was no place to get any food unless we would have just eaten at a gas station. We went to the Grand Canyon originally getting there at sunset, which was our goal, which was beautiful and amazing. And you need jackets for that time of day and you need jackets early morning at the Grand Canyon. So we get up early the next morning and did hiking stuff. And then we traveled over to Antelope Canyon and Horseshoe Bend. Will you tell them about kayaking at Horseshoe Bend, which was an all day event the next day? Yeah. So you've probably seen pictures of Horseshoe Bend, but maybe just not known it that because that's what happened to me. I had definitely seen a lot of pictures of Horseshoe Bend, but I didn't know that that was what it was. So we went kayaking in it, and it was the Colorado River, and the water was like 50 degrees, I think the guy said. He also said that that was a warm day, so and it was really cold, and so and that was one of the warmest days it's been. It was um, a 10-mile uh, yes. journey as well yeah. on still water, so it was constant rowing. Yeah, it was... and. Yeah, and we all had our own, so there wasn't like, okay, let me get in yours, you know, or like, here, you take a turn rowing, you know. Um, yeah, so, so a lot of work. The sides. Yeah, there was a lot of work. They were at the bottom of it, and you look up, the sides is 1,100 mm -hmm. feet. And, and quite it's, steep, and but at gorgeous. Some point, it's, it's so deep that you can literally like kayak, like with your hand rubbing against the side of the, the side of the canyon. You mean steep? So steep? No, so deep. Like that like that there wasn't ground. Okay. By coming out of it. Okay. So Well what else did you see on some of the walls of the canyon? 
Um, we also saw hieroglyphs at the edge before we started, uh, which hieroglyphs are Native American writings or pictures on the side of the cliff. And that was really cool, too. And you also ran into, not ran into, but what else did you see? Uh, we saw some, we saw four wild horses that literally I docked by one of them, but I didn't go up and touch it because, you know, what could happen? <laughs> but if I wanted to, I could totally, like, walk up to it and start petting it without being, like, ten feet away from the water. Our next leg of the trip was seeing the cliff dwellings at Mesa Verde, which is traveling around a mountain and stopping at different cliff dwellings that you're mostly seeing from a distance. If you want to do a tour, they only have like 10, a small amount of people and a given tour. So there are not very many every day. You definitely would have to make reservations significantly in advance to be a part of those. So we were mostly seeing them from more of a distance than walking through them. Anything you want to say about the cliff dwellings? Well, the Anasazi tribe, so there was this canyon, and they went about halfway up the wall and started carving out houses, like, not just houses, like cities inside of it, like little villages. So It was handy for them because it gave them a natural roof and floor and walls while mm-hmm. leaving the top of the mountain or the main part of the mountain free for farming for their livelihood. And then the last leg of our journey was the Great Sand Dunes. But on the way to the Great Sand Dunes, we drove through the Rio Grande National Forest. Emma and I both felt like this was the most beautiful part of the whole trip. You want to say anything about that? Yeah. So when we were driving through it, I literally felt like I was walking through like a movie scene because it was so pretty, like huge, tall, evergreen trees with like log cabins and miles of open fields with horses and wild buffalo and like woods and woods upon woods of these beautiful huge evergreen trees and snow-capped and, mountains yeah and and snow on the mountains and like some people had like lakes or streams running through their property and it was just so pretty it was a constant beautiful view 360 degrees For the whole way. We drove 14 hours that day because we spent a lot of time driving at Mesa Verde and then getting from place to place. And the entire time, none of us were like, get me out of this car. We were mesmerized by the beauty the whole day. It was fantastic. So we finished at the Great Sand Dunes. We got there just as the sun was setting. And it was so funny. We're walking across the sand, getting to the dunes, and this guy walks by that is loaded down with all these cameras and telescopes. He's just carrying as much as he can. And he said, are you guys here for the eclipse? And we were like, no, we don't know about an eclipse (laughs) that's going on right now. And he said, this is literally the best place in the world to view the stars during this night. So we thought that was just amazing that we got to be there that night. All of the trip was this great education in the different kinds of mountains that God made. When you go through different states, you were seeing, for example, the Mesa Verde area, all of the mountains were these flat top, you know, Mesa table top mountains. And then in the Rio Grande, you've got really the sharp peaks. And then you've got Arizona and Utah with all of these vast canyons. And then you get to Oklahoma and Kansas and it's absolutely flat. (laughs) 
true. Uh, during when we were driving through New Mexico, Texas area, and Arizona area, we would see these dust devils, dirt devils. We'd see dirt devils. What were those? Or dust um, devils? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I think either. they were dust devils. Okay, they were like literally. So the wind would catch on something like maybe like a bump or a little plant in the desert and and then it would stir up so it was like literally like this tiny little dirt to, or tornado i almost said tomato well mamas that's what i have for you today i want to ask two things of you number 1 will you please be praying for this ministry i want to be doing whatever god's will is for this ministry i want his constant direction and the second thing that i would ask of you is Truly, if this ministry, if this podcast affects your family's life, will you please share this with other people? They may need it too. I give up time out of my family's life to produce this podcast because I want to impact families. I want to strengthen families. I want to inspire mamas and encourage mamas and equip mamas in your worthy journey of motherhood. And so you can be a part of the ministry just by sharing it with other people. So what groups are you in that you could share a link in there and tell them what you liked about a certain episode? Hey, mamas, would you like to know what's coming? The next two weeks on the Practically Speaking Mom podcast are connected to this week's episode. If you think our family vacation sounded good, imagine taking a five-year family road trip across the U.S. in an RV. Our guest next week, Yvette Hampton, and her husband and two daughters did some major life simplifying by selling almost everything they owned, bought an RV, traveled the U.S. for five years, filming a documentary. We'll talk about purging stuff, simplifying life, living together in tight quarters, and we'll talk about her movie, Schoolhouse Rocked, The Homeschool Revolution. That is next week. Then the following week, we're going to be talking about screen time from a different angle. Today, we talked about what to do before screen time. In episode 153, we have another guest, the founder of Screen Strong Families. You see, this week we talked about what to do instead of screen time. In episode 153, we're going to talk about screen time. So join us then. Now, if you would like to know our family plan for screen time, I've got a $2 download on my website that is a family screen time game plan. You will want to sign up for my weekly email before episode 153, so sometime in the next two weeks or less, because I will have a coupon in the email to make it even less. So head on over to my website, practicallyspeakingmom.com, and if you want the family screen time packet, then click on shop, or if you want to sign up for my weekly email, then just scroll down to the bottom of any of the pages on my website and enter your email address. That's all it takes. And I will see you right here next week as we continue this worthy journey of motherhood together. See you Monday. 